Hello everyone, this is Noah and John and we are from Urban Digs and we are talking Manhattan today. We got Deanna Corey here and Deanna is a recurring theme on this, on this show it's, and there's a reason for it. Um, I love Deanna because A, I, I, I know her a long time, John, I trust her, right? Mm -hmm. um, B, she's a constant producer so she's constantly got her um, feet on the streets and, and, and they're wet so she knows what's going on down there um, in terms of activity. Um, and three, and most important, she doesn't bullshit, John. She says it like it is. And I could say that word bullshit because this is my show. Yeah, you said it, you said it twice now. <laughs> I said it twice. I'm not going to say it That's again. okay. But yeah, I mean, listen, Deanna, I mean, I think you're right. I think I'm really excited about this because uh, Deanna, Deanna knows her stuff. So I can't wait. Yeah. Let's, so let's get right into it. Deanna, are you there? Are you with us? I am there. I am here. All right, Wherever Deanna. Wherever I am, I am. All right, thank you. Tell everyone, tell everyone very quickly uh, who you are, how long you've been doing this, um, and then we're going to get right into the questions. So I'm Deanna Corey of the Corcoran Group, and I have been doing this for a mere 35 plus years, which seems hard to believe. My well, goodness. I, I mean, considering that you're 36 years old, it's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so let's get right to it. People want to know what's going on in Manhattan real estate. Uh, we are the source for the streets level knowledge. What are you seeing, especially across the various price points? Pray well, tell. Uh, pray tell. Well, there actually is increased over time. There has been increased activity, which is to be expected. Mm. It's still nowhere near what it used to be, as you report. However, um, if you price a property correctly, then you can sell it. And I have much evidence of that because whenever I've lowered a price, I often then get bids and I'm selling, I'm actually selling. But what we're seeing is that it varies greatly depending on the uh, price point. And needless to say, as you all know, below 2 million is the strongest market. And what I'm seeing there is that um, people are, I, I think the prices in general are somewhere in the neighborhood of five to 10% down off the pre-COVID prices. That's what I am seeing across the board. And then as you go up, the prices are coming down with some exceptions. Occasionally you'll get these things that just sell at good prices, but that's true in any market, the unique apartment. But as you get up to 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, I can see 10, 15, I can even see 20%. It really depends on the price and also where someone priced it in the beginning, because if gotcha. they've overpriced it, then you're gonna have a much larger room for negotiation. So, so where would you put that threshold? Was it, is it around the three million sector, or would you say it's the two million sector? And I would say it's between two and three. Um, what I am seeing is that brokers are listening to the market and advising their sellers to price their apartments lower. So, what I am seeing are things like properties that were perhaps priced at two one mm -hmm. now being priced at one nine. So that's a ten percent drop. So I already see that ten percent in some cases built in. But the sad thing in a way is that even though these prices are already lower, a lot of the buyers are looking to get even more off because they're hearing that the market is weak. Okay, so let's, let's, let's go right into that. That's a good segue into that. Um, could you explain to the viewers out there what, um, what are buyers thinking out there? Well, buyers are thinking that you know, they can get a deal. And um, in some cases, that's true, because in, but, it's, but it's a rare number of all the sellers that I have, and I have a number of sellers, most are not what we would call desperate sellers. Yes, there may be a few. I have mm -hmm. one, and they negotiated a lot off the price. They negotiated 15% in the 3 million range. 
but mm -hmm. that is sort of an act of desperation in my opinion. And um, they really sold it for what I would consider to be a very strong price. Now, um, buyers are, if they see something that they feel is a good price or come down, comes down, I think they're all looking for price reductions. When mm -hmm. they see a decent price reduction, I see people coming out of the woodwork and starting to make offers. That's just happened with me whenever I've reduced a price. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they know when the deal is pretty good and, and we're seeing buyers on the lower end knowing when the deal is pretty good. As you go up like 3 million, 4 million, 5 million and above, even if you lower a price, it's not always enough to get people off the uh, starting block and start to make an offer. Yeah, it's more of a price discovery um, situation right. if you're four, five, six million dollars. I mean, because it's a much more illiquid market. Um, and you I mean, you could be a million dollars off and you just don't know it because there's just no buyers out there right now. Um, right. But you give me any sense of um, the bids that are coming in. I mean, I, I know you're mostly listing side. Um, are there buyers just, are, are they still throwing in very low ball bids and, and how are sellers reacting? Could you give, <laughs> give them a sense of what's going on in case I'm an agent and I'm, and I'm trying to explain to my, my clients, um, what not to do kind of thing. Right. Well, if you're priced too high, you're not getting even people seeing it or you're not getting people coming back a second time. When you start getting second showings and you don't get any offers, you're still a little bit high. If you are priced, now this is below 2 million. If you're priced appropriately below 2 million, you should be getting second showings and you should be getting offers and the offers should be coming in within 10 to 15% of the price. Um, that's my opinion. If yeah. they're not, then you're having a problem. You're, you're priced just too high. Now, as you said, as you go up in price, we have people bidding um, much further off the price depending now, there are also situations as, you know, below the two million, below the two five, where the prices are so good, they're getting very close to the price. So you can't, it's not one size fits all. And that's something someone has to look at because in some cases, if someone's priced it really well, and then you can tell from what the competition is and what else is selling, then you're going to get, um, you know, more of a, a closer spread. You're not going to have like that five or 10% from the asking price. Right. But as you go up in price, um, what I am seeing is I see people putting in 20% below and then maybe coming up 5%. And I just had someone be bold enough to put 40% below, which the seller did not respond to because we already, in that case, came down. And that was in the um, 6 million range. Mm -hmm. But they had already come down from their pre-COVID price and they still came in with a bold number. Uh, I was shocked, but the seller didn't respond. So yeah. Well, this, this is very interesting because this is what you're saying is basically a fantastic synthesis of some of the things that Noah and I have been talking about for the last month, which is that sellers are, are not necessarily as a whole desperate. Uh, some are, some aren't. As a buyer, you are obviously looking for deals and you're going to be putting in low, low bids here and there to try and find those desperate ones. And some are, some aren't, as we said. But I'm curious, on the sell side right now, when you talk about pricing an apartment without any sort of rough idea, because the deal data is still very limited and still coming in about COVID deals, how do you go about pricing an apartment in today's market? Well, I think that's where it, it, it takes a little bit of work, a lot more work than it used to take. Um, before you could just look at closed sales and work off of that. Now you can't. Mm -hmm. Now you have to look at, in my opinion, two categories and perhaps the third on a limited basis. The first category is what's active on the market 
and what and the second category is what's in contract and you need to take the figures the way i look at it is let's say you have a one million dollar apartment just as an example and um, you want to look sort of the spread between say 800 and a million two and you want to see in that category in that neighborhood what's on the market and sort of look at it in price order so you can sort of see what's going on and then in my opinion when you look at that, you're going to see a pattern. You're going to see things sitting on the market or things that are just brand new on the market. And anything that's very close to the apartment should, that I go ahead and call mm -hmm. the agent and try to find out what's going on with that apartment. Are they getting showings? Are they getting offers? What's happening? I do the same and I'm even more intent on the things that are in contract because that is the real market. Now, this is an opportunity for everybody to share with each other. And the good news is that the brokerage community has shared more and more information about in-contract listings. They try to do it confidentially just because they don't want to hurt themselves if the deal mm -hmm. falls through and it comes back on. But if you, I, I recommend to agents to call, physically speak to the person, find out what's going on. And we're helping each other because there is no, I mean, the closed sales that are coming on, they're just starting very few because remember it was June 22nd, so it takes July, August. We're gonna start seeing sales happening closed sales post-COVID in September, right? So right now we don't have enough data of closed sales and be careful about closed sales because even during COVID's closed sales, so closed sales of properties that were negotiated during COVID, those closed prices may not be reflective of the post-shutdown experience. So I always look at both the, the active listings the in-contract listings, I speak to everyone so I feel like I'm in the market, like I'm a buyer, I'm a seller, I know exactly what's going on. And then I advise my sellers with that in mind. Um, when I do it very carefully, I just uh, had a townhouse that I put on the market, you can sell it right away if you price it on the nose. And by the way, for that townhouse, which was just under $4 million, we got very close to the asking price because we knew from talking to every single person exactly where the market was at that moment. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 yeah, sorry, that's very interesting. So one of the things that we've seen, and, and I think this sort of matches what you're talking about, is that supply and demand still have a lot to do in this market. And even if, you're, even if, you, if you remove prices from the equation in terms of the individual unit prices, if you have something that's priced right for its segment, it will attract buyers simply because there's not that many of it. It might just, you know, be the, the, the price is so attractive that the buyers are going to come. And so it doesn't necessarily matter if it's a cookie cutter or a townhouse or it's a, you know, Brooklyn waterfront with beautiful views. If it's priced right, the buyers generally will show up. So it's, we're still a very price driven market, very transactional market. And you're right. It's just an interesting key uh, that you have to price that right. Um, and I just want to follow that up with a question about, you know, if you just had one tip for closing a deal faster, what would that be? Oh my goodness. Well, I think the tip is that it's not, it's, it's a long winded tip, but it's a, you know, really understand your buyer and your seller, which is key to negotiating effectively. Understand who you're dealing with as your seller, understand who you're dealing with as the buyer, even if you're the other agent. So if you're the seller's agent, get as much information, understand who you're dealing with and negotiate effectively. There is a skill to negotiation. I cannot stress this enough. 
There's a reason there are agents that do well and other agents that don't do well. And a lot of the times it's the agents that understand what they're doing and know how, they call people who negotiate effectively closers, people who can close a deal. Why can a person close a deal? Because they understand both sides and they know how to negotiate. They have the skills to negotiate. Part of the thing that happens, especially in the younger generation, is they will text negotiation uh, numbers back and forth. Well, we could have Zillow and StreetEasy do that, by the way, guys. Our, our job is to direct the negotiation, is to have the end in mind and to direct the negotiation. And if we don't have the confidence of our buyer or our seller, we're in trouble. So we really need to work this very carefully. Those people who just say, well, that's what they wanted to do and, they don't, and they're not realistic and they want to buy, well, it's our job to let them know why and to direct them, as I say. That's why they come to us. Otherwise, why? I mean, you could do stock trading on your own if you want to get stock picks from a stockbroker with a real estate agent. We're the same. We're advisors and we're negotiators. And so that's a long-winded tip, sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> but that's my tip for the day. It's a great tip because, I mean, the stock traders, look, some of them are day traders. Some of them are, 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 are week-to-week, month-to-month position managers. Some of, the, some of them are hedge fund guys and some of them are just long-term investors. Um, and they're all different and they're all different personalities. And you mentioned something that resonates. You said, um, you know, you got to know your clients, you know, and I imagine um, how many listings you got right now? If you don't know off the head, that's okay. I don't know. It's probably around 20 in that range. Okay, 20, 20 listings. Would, would you agree that the way you manage expectations of each of those 20 clients is different from one to the other because they're all in different situations? hundred percent. I mean, it, it is okay. being sensitive. I mean, we use the same data, but what's fascinating is that not every single person takes the data and wants to, they're still in denial. And that is something that we have to deal with. And being in denial only lasts so long. There's a limit if they need to sell of denial. Right. <laughs> but, uh, and we just have to chip away, chip away, chip away with facts. And if the facts don't get them, you know, hopefully they stick with us and we'll eventually get it down. But um, a lot of times, in some cases, they switch agents and the new agent convinces them, but that's, that's a whole other <laughs> story. Yeah, well, when, when, when volume goes down and the market gets illiquid, um, you know, most of the time the sellers are the ones that have to kind of go down to where the bid is. And like you said, if they're in denial or, or they just don't have to sell, then they're going to choose not to sell. Um, if they're in denial and they have to sell, it just may, it'll take them longer to get to that sale. Um, they'll get there. It'll just take them longer. Out of your 20 listings, could you just give me an idea? How many of them are, are I'm not going to say desperate, but how many of them need to sell or, or told you, I need this thing sold in four, four weeks? Really very, I, 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 there's not a one, not a okay. single one. So, so my point is, um, there's a lot of headlines, Deanna, and we're gonna, getting close to the end here. There's a lot yes. of headlines out there that New York City is, 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 is dead. Um, it's never coming back. Uh, of course, you know, my, my feelings about that are, are very public. You know, the market's down and out right now and as, as expected for, for deflationary forces, but um, it will come back. Um, are, are you seeing sellers say, get me out, hit the bid, I need to move out. Um, I don't care what the cost is. Is that what you're seeing? Yes or no? I, you know, and I, I pitch a lot of listings too. I am not seeing that. Okay. I am seeing probably on the converse, more people are feeling like, you know, they, they think they have a special apartment and they sometimes do, and they want to make sure that they get the value. That is the sentiment, generally speaking. I cannot, I have more problems getting sellers down in price than I have them desperate. I, I think I've only had one since the uh, June 22nd, one person who really wanted to get out. 
and they're gotcha. the people who negotiated. And, and, and I think that's telling because I mean, would you also agree that sellers are are amenable to a discount and their understanding of this market? They just don't think that that discount should be twenty or twenty-five or thirty percent. Again, unless they have a time-sensitive or fear level and they want to sell, yes. which of course seems the minority, not the majority. Is my yes, point? Yes, I love when you when you conclude things and you're hundred percent right on. Noah, as you know. Um, you're 100% right on. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a mistaken notion that um, sellers are desperate and everybody's leaving New York City. And right now, there aren't as many people in New York City because of the, a lot of different reasons, but one of them being you can work remotely, offices aren't opening, schools aren't opening, lots of reasons. Right. And that will continue until we get to a point where we have a good treatment option or a vaccine, um, or it feels like we have herd immunity. But in any event... Right. That's where we are. But there's not this, I don't see, I do see people leaving, but you hear more publicity about desperation than exists, in my opinion. There right. is a little bit of desperation, but it's not pervasive, in my opinion. You ask yeah. nine people out of 10, they really do want to stay in New York City. They just want New York City to, you know, to come back to what it was before. And it's going to take a while. It's not going to be overnight. But as, if you have faith in the city, and, and, and I do, then people will come back. Yeah, and we got to keep it safe. We got to keep it safe. The city needs to be Correct. safe, very safe. And let me say that one more time. We need to be safe, um, and we need to be uh, uh, very, very aware of, of good policy changes. Um, we right. need to well, hundred percent, and, and that is a concern that we have. But another, another story. This another is all time. doable. This is all doable um, with, with leadership. So this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Deanna, Corey. Um, you are amazing as always. Um, thank you for spending time with us. This is Noah. Thank you, John Walkup. Um, Noah and John from Urban Digs talking Manhattan. And we're going to catch you next time. Bye, everybody.